0: You're listening to The Scoop, the show that gives you the inside story on South Stockport's independent businesses. Each week, we'll bring an interview with a local business owner. We will find out about their journey to independence and what they can offer to our community. As a resident and a business owner myself, I think it's important to give other local enterprises a voice and a platform to share their stories, challenges, and importantly, successes. And with so many local businesses, independents and entrepreneurs in Cheadle Hume, Bramall and beyond, we can be sure to hear some exciting tales.
1: So this week we'll be hearing from Kate Godfrey, a popularized opportunity at the work alongside the I Love Bramall and Cheadle Hume brands for the last five years, as well as with many other clients. If you follow Kate on any other social media platforms, you'll know that she loves coffee, wine, and she describes her job by simply stating she writes stuff. Hi Kate, welcome to the show.
2: Hi Andy, thank you for having me.
1: Thanks for uh, thanks for coming along. Did I get that summary pretty well?
2: I, I think you've pretty much got it spot on, yeah. Well done.
1: <laughs> thank you. All right then. So first things first, as we always do, Kate, do you want to tell us about your journey to where you um to where you are today and your
2: business okay, we'll do it It's a long one, so bear with. I started like so many people just with an ordinary job and a corporate life, um, had lots and lots of children, and just kind of worked part time around them. I started in advertising and then recruitment always something salesy, um despite wanting to be a journalist forever. I was advised not to because it was so competitive. Hey, though, um, they once had the kids. I'd always work part time. Um, I had a little job in a shop and helped my husband run his business. Everything changed in 2014 when my husband died very suddenly um, from cardiac arrest while playing football. Hence, we do a little bit of fundraising for defibrillators, et cetera. But I'm digressing. So there I was with four kids and two dogs. But that's by the way. And you know, you do you do what you have to do to, um, to pay the bills and feed the kids and whatnot. And I just decided that actually life was too short. So I gave up my little part-time job and decided to do what I wanted to do in order to pay the bills and feed the kids and so on and so forth. What I wanted to do at the time actually was to be an artist. I paint murals for children. So I gave up work in order to do that and was asked to do a little bit of writing around that which gave instant money rather than taking days and days over something. I now know that the company I was writing for were little more than a copy mill. They were churning out pretty dreadful copy crammed with SEO keywords but really, really awful to read and I was spending far more time than I was being paid for getting mine just right and I thought, you know what, it's time to do this on my own and that's pretty much what I did. I had a meeting with Wendy of I Love Bramall back in twenty fifteen, um, and told her that I was a copywriter and um a hotshot salesperson. Can't say I'm a terrible hotshot salesperson, but it seems to work. Um we set up I Love Cheadle Hume on the back of I Love Bramall. And I do most of the writing for that. And yeah, that's it really. I just write and I love it, absolutely love it. Excellent,
1: brilliant. So you sort of answered. The- my next question, I normally ask, um, why why independent rather than working for
2: someone else? Right. Sorry, I did say that you would have to try and stop me talking, didn't I? Yeah. No. 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 That's that's absolutely
1: fine. It saves me
2: asking. <laughs> why independent? To be honest, is it, it is literally that word, independent. I am so not good at being told what to do. Um, so working for myself is the way forward, and I am the best boss I've ever had. You
1: said you sort of did retail jobs and stuff with you had the other kids. Yeah. Um, how have you found the transition then from working um, in that sort of sort of job to working for yourself and doing the copywriting?
2: it's brilliant um it's very freeing and yes okay sometimes I'm up until midnight trying to get something written in time for a deadline but it means I can go and watch one of the kids play football or when they were younger do assemblies and such like I can go out and ride a horse in the morning if the weather's nice and then I'll just work all night so it's very very flexible which is I think it's important when you've got kids and when you're the only one with those kids even as they're getting older um and they would probably argue with me on this point, but they always need me. <laughs> <laughs> so you said you got loads of kids. How many kids have you got? It's not loads really, only four. Well, it's quite a few. It was quite a few we used to put them down on beaches and they used to all explode in different directions, but yeah. Yeah. No exactly. And what's
1: so what's the age range there?
2: They are um, older now, much... uh, Well, no, it's not easier. It's not easier at all. The youngest, the baby, is 15. She's about to go into her last year at school. Um, Then we've got Finlay, who's 17. He um, is... Well, he's not at college at the moment, but... Will do his second year of college next year, and then number two is nearly twenty. He's an apprentice joiner, and number one is twenty-five. I don't see him ever leaving home, and he runs his own very, very successful football coaching business. Awesome. So um, that's your that's your business and your journey to there. You've
1: spoken about how you you got in touch with Wendy at I Love and, and you do a lot of the copywriting for that. So I get um, that. That in the local area has to do with that has got a lot to do
2: with your business strategy. Yeah, As I started, I got in touch with Wendy specifically because back then I wanted to set up some sort of community group. I'd seen I Love Bramwell and thought it was wonderful. I'd seen the Cheadle Civic Society and I thought, we need something like this in Cheadle Hume. So I didn't really know how to go about it. And everybody I mentioned it to said, you need to speak to Wendy. You need to speak to Wendy. So I did speak to Wendy and the rest is pretty much history. But I am very much. A home bird. Um, my friends will laugh at me because I've not been abroad since 1988. But I just love living in Hume. I love going on holiday in the UK. All right, it helped that my husband was terrified of flying. Um, so that was that. That's pretty much why we didn't go abroad. That and four kids become prohibitively expensive. I I, I do. I feel very very close to my local area. My kids went to the same schools that I went to. Uh, I just like being part of it. And part of Stockport is a wider a wider thing especially when you look around stockport old town and you see how lovely it could be and how lovely hopefully it will be so how does the area then
1: fit with your business uh, where, where is your obviously apart from the i um,
2: connection mm-hmm. how,
1: how, how do you how do you work with the area with
2: your business? well again it comes down to this sort of passion i hate that word passion but this 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 dedication if you like to my local area i want to see those businesses succeed so i have a real um investment of myself in it if if that makes sense um i'm putting my money where my mouth is if you know what i mean so i'll write don't get me wrong i'll write for anybody but it means more when it's for the local businesses because i know the area i know the people who are using these businesses i know how to talk to the people that the businesses want to be their clients i just want to see the businesses flourish i want to see the area flourish
1: you know, um, I think there's a lot
2: of people who think the same way. Oh, yeah, it's, you can definitely see it everywhere now. The, the shop local is about far more than just shopping local.
1: Yeah, it's, it's the people and uh, they're behind the business. And
2: yeah.
1: And that's, that's why we set up the pod. Yeah, yeah. That's why you, to get to know that it's dead easy to see the, um, the half dozen hairdressers on, on the high street, but. Who are the hairdressers? Who is it that's going to be cutting your hair? Exactly. And then vice versa,
2: Kate, how do you think the local area helped your business? Because it is such such a diverse and vibrant little area. Um, We all know each other. We all know who's doing what, who's opening where. (sighs) We know the people and what they want and what they need and, you know, which businesses will fit in well somewhere, what will succeed, what might need to tweak a little in order to fit. Just, you don't, you don't get to know this stuff without living here forever and ever and ever and having loads of kids here and going through the school and the ballet and the scouts and the football and everything. It, it just gives you a real in-depth knowledge. So um, I'd like to go back to um, the writing
1: that's all right, and, and talk a little bit more about that. Sure. The, what what sort of thing is it that you that you write? So you said you're a copywriter. Yes. What, what exactly is a copywriter? As I'm sure a lot of people
2: won't know. No, possibly not. I, I think some people still think it's got something to do with copyright law, um, like when you have a copyright on something, and obviously it's right, write, W R I T E, not R I G H T. Um, so a copywriter writes for businesses. Um, it's the people that used to write advertising slogans. So the person who came up with "Just Do It" was a copywriter. Okay. That really, as well as journalism, I always wanted to do that. Perhaps slightly more wordy than that, but you know. So on a more general level, and for smaller businesses, because we can't all afford multi-million-pound agencies coming up with slogans like "Just Do It." It's mm-hmm. about Making their website's words say what they need to say to get the customers to listen, to believe them, to trust them, and ultimately to buy from them. So you're trying to say as much as you can in as fewer words as possible, but in a nice way to attract the right people, in a nutshell. So it's
1: websites, and I suppose that includes blogs. Yes,
2: blogs blogs are my favourite, but I also do creative writing, I do short stories. The Chiverton Tap asked me to do um, a short story last winter, they have a a ghost story competition every year, and they wanted a ghost story for that, so that was completely out of my comfort zone. But, as my website says, I write stuff, so what needs writing, (laughs) I will write. I've done, um, I've had articles published in magazines, not as many as I'd like, admittedly, but some. I have uh, help with dating profiles. I don't know whether it worked or not, but I haven't seen him around, so maybe. <laughs> property particulars, CVs. I mean, property particulars, CVs and dating profiles, they're all very much the same thing. It's just at the end product is different. And
1: so you said blogs are your favourite.
2: Right? Yes.
1: When, somebody comes, when a small business comes to you, so presumably they have the idea and maybe a, a first
2: draft do they and then they just sometimes they just say oh somebody's told me i need some blogs can you write me one a month for the next year i have carte blanche to to come up with something that i think will work for them others have pretty much written it themselves and they just want it tweaking editing and proofreading a little i'm very again just very flexible as to what people want and how to do it for them and to talk in their voice not Mm -hmm. to inflict my voice and my style onto them
1: A, a real understanding
2: of, of yes. branding and well, that, that's where and the knowledge of the local area the knowledge of the people and the knowledge of the local businesses comes in what i don't know i'll make every effort to find out before doing anything for them
1: it Sounds uh, sounds like a really interesting uh,
2: interesting job it is it's lovely i can be writing for a driving instructor one day um a fertility expert another day this week i have some work to do for a um personal injury specialist i've done some work for a sunbed manual it, it's very diverse let's put it that way
1: uh, what are the challenges kate that come along with uh, with being self-employed and being a
2: uh, copywriter oh well good question time management i think a lot of people when they work from home really struggle to to sit down and work And it's very easy to pop a laptop on your knee and think, oh, well, I'll just have a coffee and watch. um, I don't know, whatever's on television during the day. I'm not a telewatcher, really. So that wasn't the best example. (laughs) But You know what I mean? It's just easy to let it merge in with life generally. Um, And it's easy for people to pop round because they know you're at home or such like. So just being disciplined, managing the time, getting on with it. To go back to that slogan again, just do it.
1: <laughs> so when you said you, you're quite often up until 12 o'clock at night um, trying to hit a deadline, is that because of the time management maybe? or
2: Sometimes. Sometimes it's more to do with, as I've said, uh, there's just other things to do during the day when other people are around. Horses to ride, dogs to walk, people to have lunch with. <laughs>
1: and,
2: uh, you don't get to be a so... late new lunches unless you actually do some work around it,
1: you know? Very <laughs> true. So um in terms of that time management I'm interested to you know you do you have a particular time when you're um maybe more creative or, or more inspired? Or is it a case of you sort of if you've got that free time, that's what maybe inspires you so you can then go to work afterwards to um to actually write the stuff down?
2: No, just coffee really. <laughs> The occasional bar of chocolate. Okay. So as long as you've got coffee, you're, yeah. you're good to go. Yeah, absolutely. No, it does vary. I mean, like a lot of people, I probably work well in the morning and I can just get my head down and get on with it. It's not a horrible job to do, you know? It, it's creative, it's fun, it's learning stuff all the time. So there's no bad time to work.
1: Okay. And what about writer's block? Do you have a with that and does that affect
2: you? Yes, Sometimes um when when you're working for a client writing copy rather than creative writing it's less likely to happen but sometimes you'll read something and you'll just think oh lordy that's really boring and i know it's what they've asked for and i know it's what they want but i also know that i may well be their demographic and if i don't enjoy reading it the people they want to buy from them aren't going to enjoy reading it so it's not so much a block as a nah we need to change this and most of the time the client agrees and loves what they've got so it does tend to work um the writer's block is more likely to happen when they've sent me something they want me to rewrite which you would expect to be easy but isn't i'd rather start from scratch okay so why is that i don't know maybe just that i like doing things my way it's that same problem again isn't it
1: yeah, so mate, what is it, the retelling somebody else's story?
2: Possibly, yeah, or possibly I just get too caught up with the information they've given me, where actually if I went and researched it myself, which is what I always do, especially with, you know, if you're working for, say, a medical, um a business with a medical background or financial services or something, you really need to get facts right. So there's a lot of research involved. And it's better to do that research yourself and then write from that rather than try to rejuggle somebody else's words.
1: Um, and then um so I've been asking people obviously um staying on the challenges from um, about lockdown. Um, it's it's obviously affecting different people in different ways. Has it affected um you at all, your business, or have you been able to have you been able to pivot at all it,
2: it It did at first. It was um I mean, lockdown came as a shock. I kind of expected a few more weeks of social distancing before we went into the lockdown. So it did come as a shock. And one of the first things to go when a business suddenly thinks, oh, no, we've got no money. One of the first things they cut back on is marketing, which possibly is the worst thing to cut back on. Because even when nobody's going out, when nobody's going to shops, nobody's going to beauticians, restaurants, et cetera, et cetera, they still need to keep a presence. And especially when those people were looking for something to do, something to read, looking for an online class, looking for um, a YouTube tutorial as to how to do a facial. It all sounds quite trivial, but, you know, it's whatever makes you feel better during a tough time. And the businesses that kept themselves out there, kept themselves in the public eye, are the ones that people will remember and go back to when we're back in some level of normal, uh, as we're already starting to see. So I tried to kind of encourage businesses to stay present. I did a few little posts and little blogs um, about staying visible, about offering help, and I offered my services um, for certain simple things, free or discounted. So I was helping people tweak their own websites if they wanted to do it. I was offering proofreading for people who wanted to have a go at their own blog. And I have actually got two clients off the back of it. Um, So it's worked quite nicely for both. But since then, as people have started to reopen, they've seen the value of marketing and having that online presence. And my business has flourished. I don't think I've ever been this busy. Fantastic,
1: that's great.
2: It really is.
1: Good news. It is. Yeah, what you were saying about sort of maintaining the, the online presence with marketing, I think with the way the algorithms work, especially at the moment, if you're um like if you're talking on
2: social media right, as a say beautician for example, mm-hmm. and people are searching
1: or, or talking about beauticians, you're more likely to show up on that feed, aren't you? Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So it's going to be absolutely no good for you because there's no presence of mind at all.
2: Totally. And if, if people start stop interacting with your page... Um... You know, the likes start to drop off. People aren't seeing it at all. You're not getting new likes, new potential clients. And it's the same with the websites. Um, mm-hmm. SEO is a is a complicated subject, but there are so many simple things that can be done. And one of them is just making sure that your website is updated, that there's fresh content on there, that people go and read. It's got to be valuable content, um, because if they get to your website and bounce back again, that will be penalized by Google and the bots or whoever it is that crawls the website sites to find out who's ranking highest. Uh, I know vaguely how it works and what to do. I just don't quite know how it does it. It's all magic and beans to me. Yeah, I saw a post that you brought the
1: other day. You were talking about writing for your audience rather
2: than writing for SEO. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you just write a piece of paper just stuffed with, a piece of work rather, just stuffed with SEO-friendly keywords, nobody's going to read it. So it's all very well getting people to your website but if they don't stick around they're not going to buy from you. If you write something that's engaging and educational or entertaining that has some value to your clients and potential clients then they'll stick around and they'll think oh and you know what they might even share it and then you get more potential clients and so it continues it brings it down to a simplistic level I know but Ultimately, that's what that's what it's all about: is getting those clients, getting more people to to listen to you, and to want to get to know uh, you and buy from you.
1: So, what then? Moving on from that, what would be your top advice, Kate, uh, for
2: somebody who wanted to write their own blog or write their own copy for their website? Top advice would be: don't get me to do it. Make it entertaining. Make it well structured. So, beginning, middle, end. Have a point to make, and make it readable make it in your voice and sometimes your voice, I I know my mum can't believe some of the stuff I post on my Facebook page people don't want to read swearing Katie possibly not, but then they're not my people aim for your client, you can't please everyone, so concentrate on pleasing the people who you want to work with, they will be your people and they'll come to you I heard
1: that and on another podcast um, earlier on today, they were saying that um, the so the lady I was listening to was was a swearer, swears on social media, swears in real life, but and people have a go at her for doing it. But she said, "Well, if I don't do it, and then you come and meet me, and I'm effing and Jeffrey. yeah, absolutely, you're not like, going to
2: get on with me, are you? you no." I am caustic, I am sarcastic, and sometimes I have a mouth like a builder. Um, and if you don't like that, then, I don't know, maybe I'm not the person for you. Although I don't write like that, in fairness. And I can write in anybody's voice. Like well, you
1: said, you're writing for your customers in their voices
2: rather yeah. than yours. Or yeah, that. but you want a customer that when you meet them, when you when you're chatting to them, when you're working with them you're getting on with them and they're going to come back to you. And that's not just me and my clients. That's the people I'm working for, them and their clients. Um.
1: So going back, we obviously talked about challenges. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about successes now. Um, okay. What would you describe as your biggest success?
2: My biggest success, I suppose, is just making a go of it and carrying on, showing up, paying my bills and just doing what I do. After I lost my husband, because um, I'm not going to pretend it was easy. It wasn't. And a lot of people, I think, would have just thought, oh, good Lord, I can't do this. And collapsed and relied on all the help they could get or um, played the widow card, we like to call it, or any other card that people have to play. But actually, if you just get on with it and count your blessings and work hard, Life's not so bad and there's always something to be grateful for So yeah, my mm-hmm. biggest success is that I've made a go of this And I am paying my own bills and putting my own food on my own table Pretty successful if you ask me oh, well, oh. Do you know what, that's pretty much all you want in life, isn't it? <laughs> that's the measure of success, feed your kids and have a roof over the table and
1: That's it, it's, uh, you don't need much more, do you? No, no.
2: don't get me wrong, I'd quite like much more But the is always there, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so the, the Range Rover is a bonus, maybe.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, excellent. And then what about the future? Um, what what would you describe as your future goals? And business and, and personal,
2: maybe. Yeah, future. Um, to carry on working for myself, I'd like to get more clients. I would like to make this bigger. Uh, I'd like to help Wendy make I love Cheadle human I love Bramwell bigger. I'd like to see that go further because I think she's got a cracking business model. Um, again, it's built on a genuine care for the community, a genuine love of where we live. Um, so the ethos is absolutely spot on, but I think it could spread and go elsewhere. For me to carry on doing what I'm doing and make this bigger, perhaps even take somebody on at some point, but it'd have to be a very, very special somebody because otherwise I'd just be completely rewriting their work all the time. So what does, what does bigger mean? Is that is that more clients or is it... Yeah, more clients, maybe even a proper office with a proper desk or two um, and staff. I, I would like to, as I say, I'd like to take somebody on. Um, but if I don't and if I stay exactly as I am, then that's fine too. And that's not a lack of ambition, that's just... Um, I suppose it's just a satisfaction with what I've got, really, isn't it? Yeah, well, you've already
1: said that's that, so. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'd, I'd like a horse and I'd like a new car. Um, but apart from that, <laughs> all the. anybody
1: listening, Kate needs a horse, a new car.
2: And I'm prepared to borrow a horse if anybody's got one spare. I don't need to buy one, I'll borrow one. Coming
1: back to the local area, Sheila Hume, SK yeah. in general, what. What you said you grew up here and um, you went to the same school as your kids have done, and um, you're a, you're a humbird. What is it
2: you love about the area so much? It, it's hard to put a finger on it, I think on a simple level, Cheadle humor's got everything. You are minutes from the countryside, or you know you can walk down Ramillies Avenue and you are in countryside, which then goes on for miles if you walk far enough, but you're a stone's throw from Manchester. You've got everything you need on your doorstep. And then on a more emotional level, if that's right, community. We've just got such lovely people. It's a nice area. It's not so smart that uh, nobody can afford it or to live here. And it's just nice. We, we value the right things and the right people, I think, in Cheadle We like the nice things, but we're down to earth. Does that make sense? It, it really does. And I think that's...
1: Summed up all the. Uh, I say this to everybody that will will what this <laughs> what they say, but what you've just got summed up everything that I think I call it the twenty minute rule, and um, in terms of the location, because it's it's twenty minutes from the town, it's twenty minutes from countryside, and it's yeah. twenty minutes from um, from the motorway.
2: Yep, and two hours from uh, North Wales, so all is good. Well, that's it
1: exactly, and then yeah, the people. That's and that's why I started this because I wanted to know about. The people, we have so many self-employed people and entrepreneurs in the area. Yeah, but like I said before, you can see the, the hairdresser shop front, but we don't necessarily know the hairdressers, and more importantly, you don't, don't necessarily have a shop front. So we don't, and we, it's finding out about Kate and the people behind this is small it smaller businesses that the ones that aren't necessarily self-employed. Yeah, we've all I- got a story to not
2: there are hundreds more like me, and that is what I mean about shop local. It's not just about your local shops. It's about all your local businesses. Use your accountant from Cheadle Hume. Use your solicitor from Cheadle Hume. Use your local businesses, all of them.
1: Exactly. It all draws back into the local economy.
2: And Absolutely. Local.
1: Especially at the moment. I think a lot of people have been shopping local, and it means that the businesses that could have otherwise been under fire haven't necessarily been.
2: Yep. Um, I think that that was embodied beautifully by, um, at the start of lockdown, I think both the Kenilworth and the Church Inn had a system whereby they were selling vouchers, which the brewery would then double the value of. And I just thought, what a fantastic way to help them that is. We're not losing anything. We're still getting something from that. The pubs are incredibly grateful for that support. It gives the pubs a more, you know, we haven't got a rovers return, have we, a local that everybody goes into every night? But that's the nearest thing, is you've got that real community spirit and people want to help and they want to help the businesses and they want everybody to be okay at the end of this. Absolutely. That's, uh, that's,
1: that's definitely right. Yeah, um, Brilliant. that, Kate. Okay. Is, has come to the end of our interview. Okay, okay. Thank you. Um, no, thank you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put uh, obviously all your contact details, your social media and um, and website details on our website, which is www.thescoop.co.uk. Uh-huh. But for those people who are listening, um, do you want to throw those details out there now so they can maybe search straight
2: away? Absolutely. Well, come and say hello on Facebook at uh, facebook.com forward slash write stuff Cheshire. Um, I try to mix it up with as much informative stuff and jokes about people whose grammar is awful. Um, kate at write-stuff.net is my email address if you would like to email and my website is write-stuff.net and it is atrocious so please don't judge me on my website I am a writer <laughs> not a website designer and my lovely friend Anne of Ambitious Design is building me a spanking new one but can I get round to writing my own copy can I heck <laughs> yeah
1: that's a way to-
2: isn't it just?
1: Yeah. And I guess from what you've said as well, if you can't find Kate on social media, she's probably in a local coffee
2: shop. Very possibly, yeah. And as always, I love cheedlecume.com as well. and I'm there. I run that too. So If you don't find me online, you'll hear me coming. Don't worry.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Kate. It's been, uh, been really interesting talking to you. I think
2: it it was, was a pleasure to, to talk, talk to you too, Andy. Taking
1: some great advice away. Thank you very
2: much. Thank you for having me.
0: You've been listening to The Scoop with me, Andy McAnally. Please subscribe to our podcast and make sure to listen to next week's show. If you'd like to share your story about your rise to independence, please email guest at thescoop.co.uk or you can find us on Facebook by searching The Scoop. Remember, The Scoop is spelt S-K-O-O-P. Finally, I really hope you enjoyed this show and if you did, It would be great if you could leave us a five-star review on your podcast platform or share with your network to help others find us and enjoy our podcast too.